Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Oh, we love this. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Wes. Hey, hey. it's the Hellboy time. Hey. Hellboy time. This is our Hellboy podcast. We're reading all the comics, all the titles of the Hellboy universe. We're talking to some of the artists. We're talking to some of the creators. And now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. We're going to read some things, and we're going to tell you about it. And then you're going to read those things, and then we're going to talk about what we read. And you're going to talk about what we talked about when we read the things that, that we were talking about. And then we'll talk about what you talked about. Because you're going to send us a hey damn guys, that's the email, or you leave us a comment on a social media, and then we'll talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read. And that's a book club, and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Yes, awesome. Yes, awesome. Danielle is really pulling through right here. I don't know if you can tell, but Danielle is not feeling well. I'm and doing great, John. You're doing great. So, uh, But but she's here for a little bit. Yeah, I am. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Thank, Thank you, you so ma'am. much. Thank you for joining us, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us, Wes. So it's good. To, it's been a while since we had a classic Hellboy book club podcast because we had some awesome interviews with uh, some sure really great John. artists. Yeah, we had our Adam Hughes episode. We had our interview with Michael and Oming. Slow guys. Yeah. Oh, so, those, those were so much fun to do as well. And so kind of them to spend our, their time with us. Yeah. So we definitely want to set up some more interviews in the future. But we would like also, to encourage this behavior. Yes. yes. But it's yes. also good to get <laughs> back to the classic comics and have a. A book club episode so that's what we're going to do today i have some shouts outs for this week shouts, shouts outs yes i want to shout out julian zamo julian zamo book club member julian said um so he sent me a hey you damn guys but he was like you don't have to read this on the show this is more for you we're absolutely going to read this on the show so he was uh telling me about this ai tool called podcast adobe enhance and he said it's 100 percent free and so he was like, you could use this on that Lobster Johnson episode that didn't sound good. Let's go ahead and point out that this is for making audio quality sound better. And we're not ripping off any artists. Well, that's what, kind, uh, right? that, that's what Julian said. He yeah. said, um, I believe that this is what AI should be used for, yes. not generating art by stealing others' art, but to enhance what is already there and fix mistakes. Yes. Cool. <clears throat> so he said, um, you can run your that episode through this software and it'll make it sound better. And so I'm going to try that. I haven't done it yet. Using oh it as a God. tool to clean up shitty yeah. audio is obviously a, a great use of this tool yeah. as opposed to trying to create paintings yeah. out of other people's paintings. I know. And, you know. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with Danielle because, I mean, AI, you know, should be used as a tool and not as yeah. a image. I don't, I don't want to call it art because it's not art. It's just an image generation tool. It's, it's a very detailed collage. Oh. Yeah, and it's so depressing thinking like there's this thread on so there's this huge thing on Twitter where people were like, "Can imagine what the rest of quote unquote the Mona Lisa looks like, bro? He didn't paint that because he didn't have enough canvas. He painted exactly what he wanted to fucking paint. Right, yeah. right. He painted exactly what he wanted to fucking paint. That's what we're meant to see. People put like Mario. Like that's in not there or whatever. what. Yeah, like, like that's not. He didn't. He didn't have a lack of canvas or creativity. He painted exactly what he fucking wanted you to see. And, like, there's no rest of that painting. That's the fucking painting. God, it's so depressing. It yeah. is so depressing. So, anyway, this is not that. This is a tool the way that this was, tool was meant yeah, to be yeah. used. To enhance artists, yeah. Back to the uh, the, the cleaning up the, the Lobster Johnson yes. episode. 
Oh my god, that would be amazing. I would love to Let's hear that. that. Yeah. I would love to hear how that sounds. So I might do that in the next couple of weeks and then I'll throw it up. We'd and, love that. And yeah. then you can listen to that episode again. Great. Um and to hear if it sounds any better. But I was thinking like if you fed an AI like oh, all no. of all of our episodes and then had it generate an episode, it would just be like nonsense, nonsense. right? <laughs> what would it be? Well, the whole point pickle of talk. creative endeavors. <laughs> There'd be pickle talk in there. Yeah, probably. There'd be some pickle talk. There would be some uh, uh, beans on toast segments. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There, Tea there time be with some, beans uh, on toast. A lot of me taking umbrage with a lot of stuff. There would be... Um, some episodes where we talk about Neil Diamond for <laughs> for a long time for some yeah. reason. <laughs> well, all the, the classics. The whole point of creative endeavors is the the impetus behind that is is the human experience and like you know process and the process is the point. Yeah. The process during that creative endeavor is the fucking point of it, and so it's like you can't take people out of art. Like that's the whole point of it existing anyway. It yeah. doesn't anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm just I can't talk about this anymore. I'm All right, freak out. That was supposed to be a quick shout out. I'm sorry, to Julian. Thank you so Julian, much, Julian. Thank you. That's a completely different topic, Julian. And I appreciate your uh, suggestion. We're going to do that, and hopefully, it'll be improved, and yes. that'll be great. Thank you so yeah. much. I also wanted to shout out Albert Chessa. Albert Chessa. Book club member. And obviously, we're all excited about the Hellboy game that's coming up, Hellboy Web of Weird. I am actually excited about that um, one, yeah. So he pointed to me, uh, <laughs> he pointed out to me they have a website, and you can sign up for oh, the updates and all nice. that stuff. Uh, yeah. You I'll love link, updates. I love updates. So <laughs> link that in the show notes. Is it, if there's going to be any kind of pre-order oh, exclusive bullshit or whatever, I'm going to have to be on top of if it. If there's so. an enamel pen, he's going to flip his shit. Not that it's bullshit. I'm not trying to say it's bullshit, because I'm totally on top he's of that. It. I will buy it. So anyway, sign up for that. I'll link in the show notes. Excellent. I also want to give a shout out to Renee2D2. Renee2D2. Book club member. Yeah, That's right. Uh, Renee left us a review on the Apple Podcast. Gave us a five-star review. A review on the Apple Podcast. Yes, awesome. Thank you for doing that. We love reviews. Aubrey. Uh, Aubrey, don't we love reviews? We do love reviews. And you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast app of choice. (laughs) Uh, So Renee said... I've always appreciated Hellboy, but never read all of the comics until recently. I just had a baby boy, and it was nice jumping in and out of these books in between diaper changers and wake wake windows. I don't know anyone else into Hellboy, and this podcast came in in clutch. It's like hanging with friends and talking Hellboy. 15 episodes in and one Hellboy cosplay later, I'm deep into the Hellboy universe rabbit hole. And he left his um, Instagram title... um, and I went and checked it out, and he, he did a really cool Hellboy. So I started following him, and then he started following That's great. me. <laughs> That's great. Friendship. Yeah, yeah. Friendship. Well, awesome. congratulations. Congratulations on your kiddo. Yeah. yeah. So and... thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah. And- you know, that's what it's all about. You don't know any Hellboy people. You know, you need a, you need a community to find people. That's it. You know, that's what we're here for. So I'm so glad. And I shared some of his cosplay on our social media. If you check out our stories, oh, nice. I'll share them again um, when this episode goes up so you can follow him. And uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Friendship. you for the review. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Uh, good one, Aubrey. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. Floppies, get out hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along the time. Get out. So we got a big old feedback this week. Oh, we got a oh, big yeah. old feedback. Yeah, because uh, we haven't done the listener feedback in a couple of weeks. So 
You've anyway, been you've been storing them. I've been storing them up. We heard from Alex Kopech. Alex Kopech. Book club member. That's right. Yeah, so Alex, he has been catching up on our podcast and he sent a couple of messages. So okay. I'm going to go through these. On April 1st, he sent us a message. He said, hi, my name is Alex, and I've been listening to you guys as much as I can for the past two years. With my new job, I've been able to get through three months of the podcast in a week. Oh, wow. You guys give me a reason to be excited to go to work and keep me from being too lonely at a lonely job. Aw. Oh, man. That's great. No, that's great that we're able to (laughs) make your day better. We're your new friends. Yeah. He said, I am now on episode 82, poor Enos. Oh, (laughs) no. Enos. That's the that's the BPRD hell on earth stuff. That's some that's some tough stuff to get through. Yeah, yeah. But well, look, are... if you get all the way through Hellboy Book Club, head on over to Book Club members. That's where we're yes. at uh, now. When we're not doing this, so we can also keep you company. Over yes, there, sir. He also said, "I just hope I don't get through the episodes too quickly." Recently, I've completed my first read through of the Hellboy universe, and I've started my second round. I don't think there will ever be a more gratifying universe to read. <clears throat> Sorry. I've also just gotten my fiance interested in comics on the podcast, and so far she's loving it. Oh, awesome. She just read The Crooked Man. Oh, wow. Hey, so uh, just Ooh. in time the just movie's in time coming the, yeah. out. Yeah. Anyway, long-time listener, first-time writer, and all that. I can't wait to hear what everyone's thoughts are by the end. Later, you damn guys. <laughs> nice. Awesome, Alex. Good to meet you, Alex. Thank you. So then I got another message on April 24th. He said, hey, guys, I was just listening to episode 116, The Devil You Know, Messiah Part 2. You guys were talking about Howard's, your boy Howard. Your boy, it's your boy. How he stares off uh, into space or pretending to be asleep. I thought he was off in Gal Denar world when he was in the trance as Howard's. Mm. Thanks for keeping mm. me company. I think we talked about that yeah. at, at length. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we did. It's one of our favorite things <laughs> yeah, to expound so, uh, upon. But I think the conclusion was, yes, kind of. I think so. Right? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Then we heard from him again on May 1st. Hell yeah. So we're catching up with his listener feedback. Um, He said, I apologize for how long this email might be. I just finished episode 123, the debriefing at end of the line. Oh. That was our three-hour spectacular when we got to everything and we had Matt on there and all that stuff. Jeez. He said, um, wow, what a special episode that was to hear. I was first introduced to Hellboy through the 2004 movie, and I was four years old. Every day, my mom took a nap on the couch, and I would put the movie into my PS2 and sit behind her. <laughs> nice. Remember when you would watch movies on the PS2 oh, yeah. and stuff like that? Yes. Eventually, I would go on to watch the second movie in the animated films and love them, too. When I was 17, I got my first Hellboy Library Edition for Christmas and instantly fell in love with the comics. Awesome. I collected the rest over the next few years and eventually came across your podcast. I heard you guys talk about Mark Tweedell's reading order, and I found out how to read the rest of the universe. Yeah. Again, I instantly fell in love. Unfortunately, I didn't have the means to read them without using a sketchy website. Well, but Don't forget your local library. Yeah. You'd be surprised at what you can get through the library. Or the and, online library. And app. then the on- online library apps, you know, and then you're supporting yes. your local library. So, you know, you'd be surprised. They have a lot of stuff on there. The ones that I know of are... Uh, Hoopla. Hoopla, for... right. Uh, thank you, Wes. And then there's another one called for... Libby. Libby, Libby, yes. Libby yeah, yes. yeah. It's good for libraries for you to utilize their resources. It's it's creators like that, too. They don't not like that. So yeah, that's cool to do. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> to do that but i but i absolve you of of your of your sins sure 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 i mean you know what are you gonna do now on my second he's gonna buy he'll buy them later that's what i'm saying yeah yeah. he's bought everything it's an addiction you can't not 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not even just that. It's just that, like, I feel like we, you know, you will support them when you can. Yeah. And that's yeah. Understood. Yep. So yeah. it's you know. That's a good point. Thank you, Wes. Now, my second read through of the universe. I've been buying them digitally. Oh, there we go. Um, so my fiance can read them as well as also hunting down the hardcovers for BPRD and others. Thanks so much for making this podcast. Aww. Awesome. He Thank also you for listening. Yes. He said, I also wanted to mention something you guys were talking about in episode 124, Hellboy and the BPRD Saturn Returns. Hellboy is hanging around with his fellow agents and they offered him a cigarette and he declined it. I believe he declined it because in BPRD, the dead remembered Liz was offered a cigarette from another kid and he asked Hellboy smokes, right? And she declines, saying he quit. Oh, wow. Wow. I think Hellboy is trying to set a good example for Liz at the time. I really resonate with the story in particular because I have a couple of brothers and sisters who are significantly younger than me, and I want to drop anything I'm doing for them. Funny enough, one of them is Liz's age in the story. Avid book club member, Alex. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah, and you contributed to the book Very club discussion. Good. There you go. Awesome. I think we all love that insight for sure. Oh, right. And at the end, he was like, if you need to split these up and put them into different episodes, that'd be understandable. We no, won't do it. We won't do we'll it. We'll never read do it. All in one. <laughs> That's yes. right. Um, hope to hear from you again soon. Yes. We also heard from Christopher Wiederstam. Christopher Wiederstam. Book club member. Yes. Thank you, Christopher. He said, hell oh. Book club member. Yes. Being an avid board game and a Hellboy fan, I finally decided to buy Hellboy the board game two months ago. With a few hundred minis to paint in front of me, I decided on a whim to look for something Hellboy related to listen to while I painted. Enter the Hellboy book club. And man, was I blown away. It was an immediate love affair. You guys fucking nailed it in the first episode and have kept going in the same fashion. Now I'm slowly going through your entire back catalog. I'm almost at episode 30. Just about 140 left until I'm up to date. The thing is, I've hardly read any Mignolaverse comics since 2018 when my interest, in a way, petered out. It was probably a combination of disinterest, more like dislike, to be honest, mm. in the Abe Sapien comic. I've heard that. I've heard a lot of people really? don't like that comic or they feel mm. like it's too slow. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Uh-oh. I just I just think of it's more of a different flavor. Sure. You know, I think like the comics how all have a different flavor. You know, you've got the witch finder with the yeah. Victorian witch shit. Witch finder. Witch finder. Witch finder. And then we've also got uh, Lobster Johnson was like the pulp Hell stuff. Hell yeah, Lobster Johnson. And I feel like yeah. um, the Abe Sapien is kind of like like a melodrama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of like, like a, a slow, moody melodrama that it's 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 slow it I'm, builds i'm often a fan of uh quote-unquote slow or you know movies that are paced a little differently and i think mm-hmm. that there are some people who can consider that slow and boring but when a movie is paced a certain way sometimes to me that is cinema right like i you know what i mean like not to be right a fucking dipshit but i think some of those movies can be fucking fascinating and yeah. i think that it's a choice it's a conscious choice and an effort made on behalf of the people who are yeah. creating this that like yeah sometimes things are paced a little bit right differently a little slower but i think that that's that's can be a creative choice that will um benefit the right. piece and not take away from it but i think you have to be in the right mood the right mindset and you have to be expecting that and i think when people open a comic they're not really all the time expecting yeah. that but you have to go into it knowing that that's what and i think you'd enjoy it more if you really realized that from the outset i think that was another series that people started to say like 
they're writing for the trade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think mm-hmm. that, Which I think you know, is valid. And and I think that that series benefits from quote unquote binging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because it it really did. If you think about the Hellboy comics, a lot of them are like. You know, you get your, you build towards a action beat and then there's, and then it resettles and then you build towards another action beat or whatever, you know, that's kind of what the BPRD comics and the Hellboy comics have been like. But the Abe Sapien comic is like the whole comic builds towards one thing at the end. When it's, something is told on a specific yeah. timeline, like for example, nowadays we have all these limited series right. where a, a show will be six episodes long. Yeah. It's just basically these people wanted to make a super long movie, yeah. but they can't justify a six hour long movie. So they're like, well, it's a limited series. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll drop all the episodes at once to be like, well, here's the whole movie yeah. for you to watch. They're yeah. not, you know, it's episodic, quote unquote, but it's like, yeah, yeah. you're going to, you know, exactly. it hits certain beats within the episode, but you're really meant to watch anyway, it all. And he says, and the soul crushing ending of BPRD Hell on Earth. You know uh, what I right. mean? When Kate died and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, yeah. Far I mean, from yeah. finding that soul crushing, I kind of found it like encouraging and liberating i know there was part of it that was like very cleansing i don't know i was i i think i thought it pretty slow crushing (laughs) yeah i talk. i think i've talked about that at at this at length but as i was going through those issues it was wearing on me right every month when an issue would come out you would i'd be excited to read and then when it was over i'd just feel horrible yeah you know what i mean and it was just like oh no i just meant the very ending like the last ending no well he's talking about the ending of the of the hell on earth, yeah. not of the devil, you know, devil, you know, yeah. he no, hell on said, earth was horrific for sure. I still haven't forgiven the creators for killing off Kate, uh, especially not as it happened because of fucking Ponya, a character I never liked. Mm, Interesting. Really? I liked Ponya. I thought she was hilarious. I liked Ponya. Anyway, uh, to finish off the board game made me find your truly great podcast. And the podcast has in turn renewed my interest in the Mignola verse. Renewed to the point where I've just ordered the books that were missing from my collection. It came down to 12 trades and three omnibuses. Yikes, my poor wallet. <laughs> That's wow. commitment, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so thank you for that as well. Keep doing great things. I'll see you down the line. I hope you keep going at least until I can catch up. All the best, catch Christopher Biederstam. And he even included the phonetic... Oh, good. So I could say his name right. That's great. So awesome. We love that. We love awesome. pronunciation. I want to see... Uh... I want to see pictures of the minis you paint. You're painting, you know. Oh those. yes, I, yeah, would love, I would love to see we that. Love that. Shara, send us some pictures when you catch up to this episode, and uh, who knows when. But yeah, when you do, yeah, um, <laughs> definitely send us pictures of those. I'd love to see that. Catch up, Chris. We'll be waiting for you. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We'll definitely be waiting for you. And um, I appreciate the honest feedback too about like I didn't like this story. I don't like this character. Oh yeah, no. You know what I sure. mean? Yeah. Like, your opinions are your opinions. That's what makes it a book club. That's totally valid. You know what I mean? Like I I appreciate hearing that as well. You know I I like I'm interested in other people's perspectives. Yeah, you know, sure. On what characters oh, yeah. or what series they preferred or didn't. But anyway, we also heard from E. Burunson. E. Burnson. Book club member. Yes. Oh, regarding our interview with Michael Avenoming, he said, another home run, nay, Grand Slam. Uh, remember the Grand Slam breakfast at Denny's? Oh, do you remember that? Oh, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. I do. Are you a fan of that or no? I fucking love Maybe. breakfast food in okay. general. Anybody. Are you a fan of it? So never... let's go down the line. Danielle, are you a fan of it? I fucking love breakfast food, man. Okay. What about you, Aubrey? Bring it. I love it. What about you, Wes? I love breakfast food, but I've never had the Denny's breakfast sandwich. Can I still get yeah. it? I don't think it's a sandwich. No, no, I think it's like the the grand slam is like a meal. You make it so you assemble a meal meal out of it. It's just basically breakfast buffet. It's just everything breakfast that you can think of goes into that, and it's like it's like eggs, bacon, sausage, hash browns. Definitely sounds like whatever it is. Yeah, it's like Denny's diner food. So I mean. 
Yeah, it's just diner food. Yeah, it's literally but breakfast diner food. He said, "You did a wonderful job. You made it seem like four friends chopping it up about comics. We Aww. really need more content like this out in the world. Huge kudos on getting those PDFs. Ah, so Omin, you know, he talked about his new series, oh, right? And uh, he's kind of teased it a little bit on his social media if you're following him. But yeah, we got to check that out. Yeah, Michael Wayman, Omin, book club member and friend. He says, yes. thank you so much. He's a small and, guy for doing that. And and, and we have uh, we have more feedback on our interviews, but I think I'm going to save some of that feedback for." the next episode because we still have a lot to get through okay i want to make sure that we talk about everybody's comments sure sure we also heard from gone snake gone snake book club member yeah gone snake uh, is a is a book club member from way back in the oh you know what i forgot to mention mark tweedo uh this is so anticlimactic or whatever right. i'm so like making a non-issue out of it mark tweedo mentioned that this is our five years this month oh wow. in the show. all right yeah so crazy right want to do that Five years this month. Wow. Maybe next time when Aubrey's on. Okay. Yeah. Maybe next time when Aubrey's on, we can crack open the the Hellboy wine um, that we still have here. <laughs> so it's going to turn into vinegar. Yeah. It's not yeah, going to be good anymore. Hopefully it's still good. <laughs> we should um, drink it just because it's not I've had being it stored drank. properly, though. I've had it stored properly, not sitting upright where the cork is going to dry out. It's been. It's I been, understand that. It's also not temperature controlled, but I will say this: it still is going to turn to vinegar eventually. It does not age yes, well. Yes, I know. So okay. we'll do that next time. Should crack open that rogue beer? No, don't do it. <laughs> A rogue one? No. So I, I won't do that, Wes. But thank you so much for sending me that. Did I mention this? Uh, Wes sent me the rogue beer. I don't even know how yeah, you, old this. You is. mentioned it. Oh no! Do not drink that. And it still has the beer. Yeah, don't no. <laughs> but I I don't know if that is good. Mm-mm, it's not. That I'll tell you, just, it's not. That's just going to stay. I don't think it's good yet. Don't drink it. But anyway, Gone Snake, thank you for five years of listening. If you're still listening, and thank all of our book club members if you're still sticking around. We do. We years. thank we you. We have a bunch of them. So anyway, that's great. Uh, five years. Dang. Wait, what did Gone Snake say? Oh, Gone Snake said. Um, thought you folks would like this, and he shared the Lobster Johnson animation. Have you guys seen this? Oh, Everybody's yeah. seen it by now, right? It's pretty you cool. What are you talking about? Oh, so it's uh, okay. Hold on, wait. Now I have to pull this up. Don't yeah, this. so many people sent this to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> like so many book club members, I'm shying out Gone Snake because he sent it to our email. I'm excited. And that's where I pull all the listener feedback from. But um, so many people tagged me in this. Yes. Um, thank you for sharing it. If I didn't shout you out or if I haven't shouted you out before. Okay, this is kind of fun because Danielle's going to watch it for the first time. I'm watching it for the first time. All right, here we go. Oh. I'll link this in the show notes if you haven't seen it. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. That was great. You got that some skeletons fantastic. in there? I loved that. Yeah. 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 Some skeletons. Man, that was that was great. I like that they used Rock Lobster. Yeah. As the song. Uh, <laughs> D Battle at Batstrad. Great work. Uh, yeah, at B A T R S T A D. I'll link them in the show notes. So, I yeah. know that even that length of animation took ages I know. to do and took a lot of hard work. So we appreciate it. That was yeah. great. It looked fantastic. I've watched it a million Good times. Job. It's great. Yeah. I would love to see more of that. God, like there's so much potential so with, with the different characters in this universe. And, ah, it drives me mad that there's not anything out there, you know? Or, yeah. Or right. We're going to be getting a game. We're going to be getting a, a movie. So, anyway. Movie. Another, a fourth movie. I shouldn't complain. I still feel like a show is going to come out. It's got to be. It's we gotta want come out lobster. Yeah. We got to get some yeah. lobster in there. Regarding our Silver Lantern Club episode from like two or three months ago okay. uh, when we started this story, we heard from Matt Strackbine. Matt Strackbine. The letter hack. Book club member. That's yes. right. He said, speaking of Hellboy Media, you know we should have a BPRD show, 
and it could easily include Hellboy and Hell. But they'd be making a huge mistake by not bringing on Mark Tweedell as the main showrunner. Yeah. No one else understands yeah. the universe like Mark. That's true. Um, I thought that was great insight. He so could easily be a producer. Mark uh, actually commented on that. He said, I'd be a terrible showrunner. <laughs> I had to put together a pitch for an animated TV series for a university assignment. I decided to adapt Animorphs. I reread nice. all 62 books and overplanned a four-season run with a TV movie between each season and one at the end to wrap it up. Wow. Don't get me wrong. It was fun, but I went way too deep for a six-week assignment. But that's, that's what we great. need. That's great. That's what we yeah. need. That's, that's what the whole need. point. Yeah. That's why you're perfect for this. <laughs> if we have That like, amount of dedication. A season and then a big movie and then a season and then a – God, that would be perfect. That that's would be what, a perfect yeah. fucking format. For a TV, ah! the only people who succeed at that game are people who are <laughs> fucking obsessed to the detriment of everything else. Like that's what we need. Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, and then when Mark said that, uh, Matt's responded again. He said, "Trust me, you're wrong." Lol. Mm. <laughs> 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 Which is exactly how we feel. Yeah. Oh, that's too that's, good. You, you literally just described the person who would be perfect to do the tasks that <laughs> yeah, we want you yeah. to do. So you're, you've you're... talked yourself further into it and not out of exactly. it. Exactly. Your, your response and trying to say you shouldn't be doing it shows us you've that done you the should. opposite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have a new segment on the podcast. Speaking of all of our different segments, we have a new segment. It's called Danielle's Right, Danielle's Wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm wrong a lot, so. Are you excited about this? Okay. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's I do it. <laughs> all right, let's do it. So I have two. Okay. Uh, I have uh, from Hayden Orr. He said, Danielle's completely right about the no beard with no mustache. About a beard with no mustache thing. <laughs> about a beard with no mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely vile look for someone. Terrible. Also, the pages by Stenbeck with Uncle Simon and Hellboy absolutely zooted on pints are adorable. Yeah. I'd love to drink with a fun old paranormal inspector, grandpa, and a half-demon detective. For sure. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I definitely. But you're yep. right about that. Okay, um, what am I wrong about? Jerry Turnbull said. Jerry Turnbull. <laughs> Book club member. Book club member. He said, Danielle is so wrong about the Hobbit movies. They are magnificent. Okay. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed them, too. I mean, I, I cannot change my mind about that. They are so <laughs> viscerally awful. Well, you had a nice response. You said, it's okay if you like it. It's absolutely okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. I'm not, yeah. yeah. You like what you like, and I think that's great. I'm yeah. all for you enjoying those movies. I want you to enjoy them as yeah. much as you possibly can. I want you to just really enjoy the heck out of those movies. That I feel good knowing yeah. you enjoy them. I cannot, and that is okay. So I, feel. <laughs> I, I will say uh, I, I've I've only watched them through once. I remember liking the desolation of Smaug. Yeah, I remember Smaug. liking that one. Benedict um, Cumberbatch does an excellent job as Smaug. I, I don't really remember the third one, and that first one is a chore to mm. get through, man. Because I've tried to Atrocious. rewatch that first one, and God, that one is tough Atrocious. to get. I, and I'm not saying it's bad, and I maybe I got to be in the right mood for it, mm. but. Every time I start it and I watch that first one, like I can't get through that first one to get to the Here's other the two. There I need are... to just start at the second one. <laughs> there are parts of it yeah. that are incredible. Yeah, yeah. There are parts of it that are just so great. But there's a lot of like stuff that's just bad decisions. Like I don't like the frame rate, so I can't oh, really right. stomach it. And then it's just all CG, nothing practical. I can't fucking yeah. do that. I can't do it. And so it should not have been split into three movies. That's one movie. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. one book. Yeah, it's I don't one know why they split it into three one movies. I'll book, agree with that. One movie. Yeah. That's it. I agree with Danielle on that Just one. Just the basics, the foundation that upon which it is built. 
it's enough for me to be like, I cannot, I just can't enjoy it. Well, and, so, and, and cause you know, you're also, you're a fan of the book yeah, too. Well, yeah. You and love so the book. There yeah. are parts of it that are cool, I guess, but just overall, I can't even get into it cause I can't set aside all of these things that are so distracting to yeah, me. Yeah. It's just even the viewing of it is like, this is too distracting to look at. I can't suspend. There's no suspension of disbelief for me cause I see the creases and I see the edges of it and I just see how wrong it is and I can't enjoy it. And yeah. so that's not, anything to do with how hard anyone worked on it. I'm sure everyone worked as hard as they could on making it great. I think that's fine. I just think a lot of decisions about the way it was presented fall apart before yeah. I even start like start watching it. When it comes to those movies, I actually like them, and then sometimes I do, and then sometimes I don't. I just think they're way too long, even though I own the extended editions. But <laughs> honestly, I mean, when I, as I watch them, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, some of the stuff that they added is cool, and other stuff is just tedious and just... I don't get it. And I really kind of wonder what it would have been like had Guillermo del Toro had been able to make his two movies. That oh, he was man. Aubrey, why did you have to remind me of that? <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> because, I mean, it was originally going to be two films. And I think it's what the split was right when they got to um, Mirkwood Forest. Part two was supposed to go from Mirkwood Forest to the end of the Battle of Five Armies with Smog. Right. But then they decided to put Smog's ending at the beginning of the third movie which i found really annoying to be honest with you yeah what about you wes what are your thoughts on those movies i mean i i enjoyed them i i just wanted one movie i thought one right. movie would have been great yeah um it was a lot of extra stuff but i like i put it on all the time and just have it on you know i'll go to sleep to it but just because i you know i love J.R. tolkien's world yeah so oh yeah movies on i need to do that is just like have it on maybe next when i'm editing this episode maybe i'll just put it on and see how how that goes i also think i need to just start at the second movie maybe if i do that it'll <laughs> i'll be able to get through it better uh jerry also said uh, we talked about matches being called lucifers they're oh, called right. lucifers in mm -hmm. the That's first three issues so interesting and he said I first heard matches being called Lucifer's in primary school when we had to learn the World War One song, Pack Up Your Troubles. So he put the lyrics to this uh, song. It has a word in here that I don't want to say, mm -hmm. so I'm going to say a different word. Good. Uh, but it says, pack up your troubles in your own kit bag and smile, smile, smile. While you've a Lucifer to light your drag, smile, boys, that's the style. What's the use of worrying? It was never worthwhile. So pack up your troubles in your own kit bag and smile, smile, smile. Yeah, and then Nicholas Orizaga. Nicholas Orizaga. Book club member. Yes, he also said, uh, he sent me an image of the actual uh, Lucifer matchbox. Oh, wow. Um, oh, and oh. so I'll share that on our social media. If you follow our stories, uh, I'll put it there. It says Lucifer paraffin match made in Sweden. Cool. On the box. Dig it. Pretty cool. Uh, nice. Thanks for that. <laughs> All right, and that's. And that's the end of part one of our listener feedback roundup because we had too much in the feedback this week. Right on. So um, anyway, uh, we'll discuss the rest of the feedback next time and hopefully we'll hear from some more book club members. All right. Now it's time for <laughs> what do you see? What do you say? <laughs> what are you seeing and what are you saying? I'm, I like that. I like that. That was great. Uh, I've been reading Henry Rollins's books and uh, oh, yeah. John, you bought me a book that I hadn't read yet called yeah. uh, Sick, S-I-C-E. Yes. And uh, very much enjoying it. Oh, nice. Okay. I'm he's glad. He's great. Yeah. He's awesome. And nice. I love it. And I love what he's writing. It's good stuff. And uh, End of Succession happened. Perfect. Oh, you were going to give us our, your thoughts on the perfect End of Succession. Perfect execution. Absolutely fucking perfect. For sure. And uh, what else? Just a bunch of, you know, whatever. Watching stuff. Oh, Monuments Men. 
We oh, haven't made it all the way through that movie. We started watching it, but then I had to go to bed. <laughs> well, this is something that I've been talking about before of like, uh, we're trying to save artwork. You know, obviously saving people's lives is of the utmost importance, but it is also fascinating how we like people are trying their best to preserve, you know, works of art. I think that's just really interesting that, you know, that's what people do. I think right. that's great. That's what the movie's about. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I find that okay. idea fascinating. I've always found that fascinating. And so the fact that someone made that movie, I was like, oh, I got to check that out. So anyway, right. we haven't made it all the that's way through. Cool. That was need to start watching it basically their mission is to save the art from the nazis yeah you know um so that way they can't take it uh yeah it was it was really good um but i had to go to bed because i have to i have to get up early i'm sure we'll watch the end of it at some point uh so i just finished rereading the gunslinger book one of the dark tower series for no particular reason right on Uh, that's my second time to read it through it's kind of interesting um to pick up on things that uh knowing knowing what i know throughout the story yeah absolutely there are certain things I can't say without spoiling things. I don't sure, know. right, right, right. But uh, yeah, I get I get what you're laying down. That's good. I love that. Yeah, but it, it's kind of cool because he's like, ha 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 ha. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. They're laying the yeah. groundwork for yeah. Stuff. yeah. Right, nice. right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Good. I got you to start watching Justice League cartoon. Oh, we've been watching that. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, it's so, such a good I'm really cartoon. just want you to watch that so we can watch Justice League Unlimited. That's really I'm just like laying the base yeah. for JLU. Man, something came up on one of those episodes, and I was like, "Oh, we got to talk about this." Maybe I'll remember. Yeah. God, I forgot what it was. Fuck, we were just talking about something, and then we saw it in in the cartoon, and I was like, "Oh, this is like that thing this we were is like talking the thing about." Thing we were talking about. Now I don't remember what it was. Anyway, well, I've also just been going through my old Blu-ray collection and just watching some comedies, but you know. Some going stuff. through old blue like gray yeah. collection i love doing that yeah yeah, yeah. i i've been reading like fantasy comics that, i mean Ooh. i just listed off a bunch but i i read briar which is like a retelling of sleeping beauty by oh, christopher right. cantwell and oh, it's cool. like awesome the prince doesn't wake her up and then she wakes up in like a dystopian fantasy land kind of oh okay wow and then i read once in future too by kieran gillen I read the first three trades of that. Oh, oh wow. Man. How was that? Okay. Yeah. I've heard good things about that. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's different, but it's cool. It's action packed. Nice. Great recommendations. But there was a, there was a show that came out that I wanted. Um, it's like Gizmo. Gizmo's. Oh, is it that Gremlin prequel show? Yeah. The Brem- Gremlin prequel show. Yeah. I want to watch that. I want to watch the shit out of that cartoon. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I heard, but I have heard of it. it is that out already? I, I think, think so, so, yeah. I think I forget what oh, it's yeah. on. Okay, I'll have to check that out. I don't know anything about that. I'll have to get on that. I want to check that out. So I just got some things. I haven't checked them out yet, but I got them in the mail this week. Um, I got the issue of Weird Tales, the current issue. It's number 367. If you want to order it, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but it's got an yeah, awesome it. cover by Mignola and Dave Stewart, and it yeah. has a short Hellboy prose story by Mignola and Christopher Golden. Cool. Ooh. The City in the Sea. So I definitely picked up this issue for that. And it's a it's a beautiful book. The cover's all glossy and nice. It came really nice in the mail. Thank you, my mail person, for not bending it in the yeah. mailbox. Well, the trick is to put a big sign in there that says, please don't put any packages in this mailbox. Thank you. And yeah. they don't, and which they is don't, nice. Which is nice. Danielle made a big sign that says, don't put any packages in the Please and thank you with hearts and happy faces. Yes, and then they always put them on the floor. They always put them on the ground there yeah. in front of the door. In the corner or something In the corner like so, so you can't nice. see from the street. Really yeah, kind and really thoughtful. Nice. Uh, the other thing that I, that I picked up this week is, I'm a huge Tegan and Sarah fan. I know. I think I've <laughs> talked about it before in other podcasts. <laughs> Um, and they had a book 
And now they came out with a graphic novel. Oh, wow. Um, it's written by them and Tilly Walden. So I ordered it from this like uh, signing. So it came with like a signed book plate and all that. Because, you know, I have to have stuff like that. But anyway, it's like I just flipped through it. It's like a big, nice, thick book. It looks like it's like a, kind of like a YA book. So I think it would probably be good for young kids. It looks like it's a lot of fun. I don't know. It looks really cool just like flipping through it. It looks nice. So anyway, uh, it's called Junior High. Oh, the art is cute. Yeah, check it out soon. So anyway, are you going to keep hanging out with us? Uh, I probably, <laughs> excuse me, probably at the end of my rope, you guys. Okay, yeah. So okay. yeah, Danielle hasn't been feeling well, but um, anyway, I was like, I just wanted to get her on here at least for the listener yeah. feedback because we had a lot to talk about and. I wanted you to be included in all the friendship. Well, you know, I, I owe it to our book club members, and I, I feel very strongly that if y'all take the time to put in the effort to write to us or something like that, that I'm going to absolutely put in the time to respond to it. And yeah. we appreciate every single one of y'all. So thank you very much. <clears throat> awesome. And now me and Cheddar Cheese are going to go. Yeah. Going to go read a book or watch a movie or, or something. some hot tea or yeah, something. Yeah, we're going to yeah. go into an alternate dimension yeah. and drink some hot tea. You probably, probably can't hear it, but Danielle's been periodically coughing into a big napkin. I'm sorry so, about that so. if you can't hear it. <laughs> anyway, I know yeah. that that's probably terrible. All right. Okay, well, thank boy. you so much. Get out of here. Bye. All right. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. And this week, we're finishing our discussion of Hellboy, the Silver Lantern Club. This is a continuation of part one of the story, which we covered in episode 181 back in March. That was a while ago, right? Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. Well, we had those interviews. We had um, Adam Hughes in April and Michael Amanomian in May. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a little while. Previously on Hellboy, the Silver Lantern Club. So I want to give a little bit of a recap from those first three issues. So Professor Broom and Hellboy, they go to London to help Broom's old friend Harry Middleton investigate an apparition at the Old Bailey. That's the Central Criminal Court of England. Broom keeps trying to talk about this, but he's constantly getting inter interrupted by Uncle Simon. They're all hanging out at the Monk's Head Pub. And Uncle Simon looks back on some fun tales and adventures from when he was in the Silver Lantern Club. In the sections between Simon's tales, when Broom actually gets to talk, we learn that the specter that they're hunting appeared in a closed corridor and might be a condemned prisoner from the days when Newgate Prison operated beneath something, dot, dot, dot. We don't get to hear what, the, what Broom was going to say because Simon interrupts with another one of his stories. And that brings us to chapter four. Um, so I want to talk about the cover here. So we kind of talked about this a little bit last time, but Christopher Mitten does like kind of like the background part and then Mike Mignola does the foreground part with Hellboy. You know, so they're kind of yeah. matching up both art styles on this. So I really like that. Yeah, it's a really cool cover. We're getting the progression of Hellboy's state, right? Because if you go back to the first three issues, like he's sitting up straight, then he has his hand on his chin, then he's kind of like has his like, hand down, and then here he's like, now he's starting to nod off because they've just been drinking. Yeah, his head's like in his hand. Yeah, telling him stories yeah. all night. Yeah, we get three artists with this series. Yeah, we really do, because when we open up, then we're at the Ben Stenbeck art, right? So Ben Stenbeck and... Um, yeah, we're always with the, in the bar. the colors on this? I don't so we really have four different artists on here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because we have Michelle Madsen and Ben Stenbeck on the interiors. So we open the issue, Broom is telling Hellboy about a time that Harry got drunk and wanted to fight poltergeist. And he mentions Bill Connolly. That was his old friend that was killed by the Kelpie. Do you remember that story? I think so, yeah. It was Broom and Harry Middleton and, uh, and they were Bill Connolly. Boys. 
Yeah, and they were still schoolboys, and there was like a a horse like that drowned him, or he got drowned by this. Oh horse yeah, school. yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's a short story from Hellboy and the BPRD nineteen fifty three that we discussed back on episode ninety nine of the podcast. So Broom starts telling his own story about getting drunk with Harry, which I think would actually be fun to hear about. I want to hear about Broom ending up face down somewhere or something like that, right? But Simon interrupts again. He says he could tell them about a real bender, not like the garden parties you boys got up to. (laughs) (laughs) You were rank amateurs compared to the serious drinkers I used to know, he says. I love that panel. Broom is so sad how he's telling them. (laughs) I know, he just gets shut down. I'm sure Broom could hold his own. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, totally agree. Adam Hughes said that he that hellboy was like a muppet like drum like a muppet right yeah yes. yeah like, like a puppet now it's like when i'm looking at stenbeck's art that's like what i think of now yeah it does kind of have that feel to it but he's still got his own kind of take on it yeah i like stenbeck's hellboy it's a good one in fact simon says it reminds him of a time with ed gray and his buddies we cut to the christopher mitten art at the monk's head pub the devil you say sir edward do you mean that the bloody thing was in the coffin the entire time? I love these like <laughs> yeah, I know, we I always catch that. the end it. of another story. Right, yeah. And it's always something really fun and really I don't know. Are these called is that called a non sequitur? I am not sure. Anyway, I was trying to look for that term, but uh, I think it's really funny. They had, there's a lot of them in this story. Um, we're yeah. just catching the end of something that sounds really funny or i don't know i wonder like if mignola and christopher golden had fun like you know coming up with those i, th- I think so i would imagine simon broom is talking to ed gray and sarah jewel is smoking a cigar nearby always yes and i like how ed gray is he gives her credit he's like oh well we wouldn't have known to look in the coffin if sarah jewel hadn't you know something like that so he gives her credit for whatever she did but the gang hear a commotion Oh, joy, he's back, Joel says. And so we see this guy, he's causing a ruckus. It's Yad Tovich, right? So remember, yes. we met yeah, Yad, Yad Tovich yeah. recently on episode yep. 180, where we discussed Long Night at Golosky Station. Yep. I, I love that story. I love uh, Matt Smith's art in that story. But uh, oh, yeah, I so like good. Yad in that story, too. I like his character in that story. This one is yeah. sort of a little bit goofier. It's sort of a funnier version of him. Obviously, they get drunk, but so we right. Get him, but he's <laughs> yeah. such a badass in the other one. You're like, dude, this yeah. fucking guy is awesome. But we get more about him in the in the universe, right? We learn a lot. Yes, exactly. That, yeah, yeah. So. I'm glad you brought that up, Wes, because I want to come back around to that. How he's the the, the story is a little goofy. One thing in Long Night at Golosky Station was. Yad mentioned to Hellboy that he had drank with Ed Gray. And so mm-hmm. now we're getting that story. So yeah, we get that story. Yep. I yeah. like how, you know, this is another kudos to Mark Tweedell for putting it. He put it in this order on purpose. So that way we would get that story. And yeah. then a couple weeks later, we'd get this one. So, oh, anyway, wow. Thank you, Mark. Very good. Yes. John, maybe uh, you're in that top frame. I think you might be in that top frame. Oh, is that me right there? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That looks yeah. an awful lot like me. Wow. The mustache is a little bushier than I usually have it, but, you know, still. It's wow. Victorian era. Victorian era, me. Wow, I've appeared in a couple of these comics. Yeah, there's even Rasputin in the far right corner. No, it's, it's not, but it looks like him. <laughs> wow, it kind of does. There's a guy later that I think is Christopher Golden. Um, but anyway, okay. I'll, I'll point him out later. But that's a fun catch there. Ed Gray, he knows Yad, so he's like, hey, over here. I like that, too. And Simon Broom's like, who's that? 
Nothing but trouble, Jewel says. So she has to know him, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had to have had had an adventure as well. It's funny that she thinks he's trouble, because we've only really seen him successful. Like, in Golosky Station, he was... He knew his shit. He had his shit together. Sure, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, and, and here he kind of does too. We'll talk more about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gray starts to introduce Yad, and in the middle of it, Yad's like, no time for introductions, man. There is serious work to be done. Danger stalks the streets of London. But first, uh, we have to have a drink. I'm going to have some vodka and be quick about it. And so there's, <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, we got to do this. We don't have time for introductions, but let's have a drink really quick. But just really quick, let's have a drink. That is actually so awesome. <laughs> I know. It's, so, it's kind of fun. And Simon Dream is like, do you mind if I tag along? And Sarah Jewel's like, you'll be sorry. So Yad, Ed Gray, along with Simon Broom, head on into the street. Gray lets Broom know... Uh, what we already know that Yad is a werewolf hunter and uh, he's one of the best in the world. We get like kind of like a little flashback scene here of Yad. He's going to shoot at this werewolf that's got like giant hands for some reason. That's like huge a really... hands. It's got venom hands. So um, there is a detail in here. Of course, I have to go into the nitty gritty of things. In the little quote here from Ed Gray, he says he bagged lycanthropes in every corner of the globe from Tierra del Fuego to the Arctic Circle from China's Great Wall to the American Plains. So, of course, I had to go through all of this. So, Tierra del Fuego, that's an archipelago archipelago at South America's southernmost tip, shared by Chile and Argentina. And there is a place in there called Valley of the Wolves. And so, Valley of the Wolves... Mm. So, uh, in, in that part of the world, they use a lot of dog sledding. And so... They have a big valley there where there's a guy, and I don't know if this is current information, but I read that there's one guy, his name is Gato, which is hilarious because that means cat in in Valley of the Wolves. And he's responsible for raising and training all the huskies and, and, you know, those sled dogs. Oh, Um, wow. So there's just like a ton of them out there. So I wonder if that's why they picked this location, because Valley of the Wolves is there. Anyway. Um, he mentions the Arctic Circle. Obviously, there's the Arctic Wolf, known as the White Wolf or the Polar Wolf. And there's a lot of fiction about Arctic werewolves, you know, out there. So that's another cool location that they would pick. The Great Wall of China. So there are these beacon towers in the Great Wall. They were used to signal when enemies were approaching. Mm-hmm. And in some time periods, animal dung was used to create the smoke. The best known is wolf dung. And this is the reason why the towers are called Langyan, which means wolf smoke in Chinese. I don't hmm. know if that's why they picked the Great Wall or not. I just, it was the only thing that I could find that was related to wolves and the Great wolves. Wall that I could find. And then the American Plains, obviously, there's the Great Plains Wolf, but there's also a lot of myths of werewolves in with Native Americans. In the Mohawk, Navajo, and Hopi Native Americans, there's myths about man turning into a beast. So. Anyway, werewolves, blimey! <laughs> uh, blimey! <laughs> but anyway, I, I and I don't even know if that's why they picked all these locations, but I just had to go through and see, is there anything about these locations related to wolves or werewolves? And that's what I could find. First, their adventure with Yad takes them to a pharmacy where they have to break in so Yad can find some obscure thing that he needs to fight werewolves. <laughs> it's so nuts. <laughs> and the entire time, Simon is like, why are we in here? And Ed Gray's like, oh, well, if Yad says so. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Ed Gray just goes with the flow in this. 
he, he does. Like, yeah, whatever. It's really funny. We're doing it. He's like, shut up back there. If you want to tag along, <laughs> shut up back there. Right. <laughs> we get some flashbacks of Yad's adventures in Long Night at Golosky Station. He alluded to selling werewolf heads. You know, so here we kind of see that, I guess. I don't know if that's what he's doing there, but he's plopping a werewolf head on somebody's table or something like that. That'll be twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think way more than that, right? <laughs> Twenty dollars, yeah. That's only an eighteen hundred, so twenty dollars is probably a lot. <laughs> so uh Yad finds what he's looking for. They must find our quarry before it's too late, he says. But first, a quick stop. Time for another drink. <laughs> They're back at the Head pub. We get a really happy Edward Gray, right? I know we do, right? So I told her if you didn't want the bloody goat back, you should have said so earlier. <laughs> I know, we get not another non-sequitur. Ed Gray actually lulls, right? We don't really see this side of Ed Gray. No. He's obviously... No, we see such a... a dark side of Edward Gray. <laughs> we get, like, the Edward Gray that I love is such a dark, destroyed, sad Edward Gray. <laughs> right? But this one, uh, yeah, and you get that expression by Christopher Mitten where he's like, did I ever... Yeah, did I ever tell you about the possessed monkey I shot? That's such a Mignola thing. Yeah, it really is. Do you remember that story, though? Oh, the possessed monkey? I think I do. Yeah, that was a short story. It's called Beware the Ape. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. It's by Ben Stenbeck and Mike Mignola. And um, it's on. we've discussed it on episode 35 of the podcast. It's one of the very first Ed Gray little short stories. It's like an eight-page story. Oh, and the monkey turns green. He gets possessed by Zarahem. The little statue. Yeah, I do remember. Something it. like that. I'm going to anyway, read it tonight before I go to bed. It's, it's really good stuff. It's really good. I think it's in the <laughs> I think it's in the first omnibus. Oh, I could be wrong about that. But, you know, so as they're drinking, Simon has to come over and remind them of what they're doing. But I noticed that he's drinking a beer, too. So oh, yeah. you, you mentioned, Wes, that the story is kind of goofy. Well, Simon is drinking, too, with them. So mm-hmm. he seems like he stays less drunk, like he doesn't get as wasted as they are by the end, but he's still having a few. So I'm wondering if yeah. he's telling that he's remembering a story from a time that he also was drinking, too. So, you know, you're kind of you may not be the most reliable narrator. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So Simon reminds them of what they're doing and the actual mission of the night. And so they head back out. But I was like, right. No time to waste. The hunt continues. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, no time to waste, but he stopped for who knows how many drinks. <laughs> so next, their adventure with Yad takes them to a warehouse or theater house where they have to break in so Yad can find some obscure thing to fight werewolves. <laughs> Ed Gray is so drunk here. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's got the sleepy eyes. And they kind of, Michelle Matson put kind of like the, the red cheeks and the red nose. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, his face is all flush. Broom is like, what are we doing here again? What does he find? What is he even? I don't even know what he's looking <laughs> he's for. Like holding this... his face. So whatever this rope is, he takes that because we see that later. And yeah. I don't know what else he's getting in there. Is that like um, a bullwhip? Def- it almost looks like a bullwhip, but it is a Maybe rope, that's what right? it is. Yeah, yeah. But I love this panel. This is so funny, this panel where Gray says to Broom, you heard the man, Broom. Gotta be here somewhere. Stands to reason. <laughs> Stands to reason. It's so funny. He's just plastered. He's not. Yeah. And, then, and, and Broom just holds his face. He just crosses his hands and holds his face. <laughs> oh, right. That little expression. So I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Oh, that's such a great catch, Wes. Really good. Like, that's hilarious. What are we doing? But, but this whole thing is just hilarious. I just like he's like, 
I can almost hear him hiccuping when he's saying this. He's all like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta be here somewhere. Stands to reason. It was like they're hunting werewolves. <laughs> You know, and like any, like in any other story that we've read that is similar to this and they're hunting werewolves, it's like a serious matter. But to them, it's like, ah, let's go drink. We're going to hunt some werewolves. We can stop at bars long. It's like a pub crawl it is, werewolf that, hunt. Oh. It's like, they're so good at it. It's like, whatever. We can fuck it. Let's have a little fun and we're going to catch some werewolves. It is a pub crawl for werewolves. That's so hilarious, Wes. Oh my God. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's so funny you brought that up because I think like, I think Gray just trusts Yad because he, he introduced him. He's like, this is the best werewolf guy in the whole world. You know what I mean? So I think he's just like, yeah, this <laughs> yeah. guy knows what he's doing. He's he's had enough experiences with him. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I, I have to say that there's this story, right? But there has to be another story. Yeah. And, I, and then there has to be even another story because there's got to be one with Sarah Jewell. And I think there's got to be an even other story with Ed Gray um so like yeah. there's got to be he's he, he's probably had enough experiences where he's like i can just kind of chill for this one <laughs> yeah for sure it's okay yeah, to throw yeah, back a, a crazy few. maniac man it's got to be also enough stories with like sarah jewel for her to be like oh this guy's nothing yes but exactly <laughs> yeah because he's a drunk he's a drunk yeah. it's hard to put your trust in that but edward gray is like yeah i trust him so much that i'll be a drunk as well it's yeah fine. you're right wes wow because the I don't need my wits around me at all. Because we've only seen him in Long Night at Golosky Station. And in that story, the only reason why they didn't drink because they left the vodka inside. And then in the story, he's like, yeah. oh, I wish we had brought that bottle out here with us. You know what I mean? So the, yeah, he the only reason why they don't get drunk in Long Night is because the bottle's inside for the whole story until the end. And then they do get drunk at the end. That's a good catch there. That's yeah. funny. That is a good catch. I like when we turn the page to Yad and um, Edward are uh, leaning against that light post, passing a flask back and yeah. forth. Yeah, that's such a good. That's such a good scene. And we do get the the burp right there from Ed Gray. Yeah, and you see like the little black speckles up. It's like those are like drunk yeah. bubbles. Yeah, such a neat <laughs> little artistic detail in there. Oh, yeah. I like how Simon's like, gentlemen, really? <laughs> if there are dangerous creatures wandering the street, shouldn't we be looking for them? And Ed Gray's like, we are. We are in the street. <laughs> yeah, no. There must be smoking some shit, too. Right. Right? They're not just drinking here. With that comment, they're not just yeah. drinking alcohol. <laughs> so Yad mentions that they were last seen in Hyde Park. So they head there. Um, but not before Yad, you know, he drops all his stuff. Um, and we see those little black squiggles in the air or whatever really cool mm -hmm. um so they head there and they find some wolf tracks uh, but after they find the wolf tracks now they've got another stop to make back over at the monk's head pub for another one <laughs> <laughs> like broom is sitting there with his arms crossed yes exactly what a great i didn't yeah. notice that he doesn't have any drinks in front of him either so by this point he's yeah he doesn't have any he, drinks. he's cut himself off they have six cups in front of him each exactly One, two, three, yeah four. oh my god five. yeah ed has five and yeah it has six well yeah you know because then um simon picks up the bottle and it's empty no ed gray picks up the bottle and it's empty so they drank a whole bottle there at the bar right god <laughs> and then the bartender kicks them out pretty much you know um we see the bartender kind of looking at them when they both reach for that empty bottle you know, so I think he's kind of like, all right, you guys are out of here. He's all like, I'm, I'm sick of these motherfuckers. Yeah, he looks angry. The bartender looks, yeah, he looks angry. Well, he because they're like, 
Your health, uh, yeah, cheers. Too right, Gray responds, but it looks like they're the only ones in the bar. They really so does. I think he's, oh, yeah, true. I think he's just waiting for them to leave, so that way he can, like, close up for the night. Yeah, he does. He sings that song. Semisonic, closing time. <laughs> yeah, semisonic. You don't have to go home, but you can't yeah. stay here. <laughs> closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay I like how Broom has to pull what? Gray along. He's already like he gets the woozies when he, he stands is. up. Yeah, like, Gray's not gonna have a good morning. <laughs> so uh, they go out into the street. Yeah, Simon does not look too happy here. Oh, and I notice he's carrying a bunch of the stuff now because I guess like they're yeah. too drunk to carry it all or whatever. Yad keeps dropping it, so he's now the, pack mule. the stuff that Yad keeps I mean, dropping in the earlier panel now Simon's carrying that stuff, and that's what they went for, right? Didn't they go for that? Yes, rope? exactly. Rope yeah. the... Yes. So outside, uh, Yad sings the Cossacks' parable. This was first published by composer Alexandra Zelanova Armfelt. I'm probably saying that wrong. 1866 to 1933 in her collections of songs of the Euro Cossacks. The lyrics were reportedly recorded by a 70-year-old Cossack. The original lyrics were in seven verse, with the six making it explicit that the dreamer in the song is 17th century rebel Stefan Razin. Razin was a Cossack leader who led a major uprising against the nobility and Tsarist bureaucracy in southern Russia in 1670 to 1671. In the song, Razin has a dream and his captain interprets it as an omen of their defeat. So I think that's kind of a cool detail because Yad, he's he's a rebel, you know what I mean? Like he's like a yeah. overthrow the government type of guy, you know what I mean? Or whatever. If he's singing this song, then he probably idolizes this guy stefan razin who was a cossack leader so anyway cool detail i like how ed gray's like where did he go there he is come on slow coach let's go like broom is helping you <laughs> broom is helping you stand up you know what i mean what do you call it? anyway i like slow coach too that's like that, a that, that's like a nice little phrase that's like i'm using it yeah yeah that's definitely gonna be used by me <laughs> I like that look that he's giving, the broom is giving Gray when he says that. He's like, the fuck yeah. you say? <laughs> For real. <laughs> uh, so we cut over to the London Zoo. So Yad sets a trap and Gray is ready to shoot some werewolves. But Yad says he needs them alive. Alive? Since when? Gray says. Like, he's like, ex <laughs> like it's like he was looking forward to it. He was like, oh, man, I thought we were going to shoot some werewolves and cut off some werewolf heads tonight. <laughs> He's got, I got all drunk and everything. <laughs> yes. Yad talks about how there's different types of werewolves, and this one's not made from a bite and a full moon, but from an enchanted belt. Okay, so there's a lot of myths about wolf belts that can turn you into werewolves. The most notably is Peter Stump. So this guy lived from 1535 to 1589, and he was a German farmer and alleged serial killer accused of werewolfery, witchcraft, and cannibalism. He was known as the Werewolf of Bedburg. During 1589, Stump had one of the most lurid and famous werewolf trials in history. After being stretched on the rack and before further torture commenced, he confessed to having practiced black magic since he was 12 years old. He claimed the devil had given him a magic belt, which enabled him to metamorphosize into the likeliness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like fire. A mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. That's the actual quote that he gave. 
Removing the belt, he said, made him transform back into a human form. After his capture, he told the local magistrate that he had left the wolf girdle or belt in a certain valley, and the magistrate sent for it to be retrieved, but it was never found. I think this guy was just a serial killer, but that's where that kind of yeah. legend, <laughs> you know, I think like that's okay. where all that originated from, and then it's become part of, you know, it became such a thing that, you know, it became part of wolf mythology or whatever. Mythology, or maybe yeah. he did actually have a magic belt that turned him into a werewolf. This part's awesome. I love the pacing of this panel where Yad climbs the tree. You know, he's like, hey, you know, if I if I needed these werewolves dead, I didn't need you guys, you know? Yeah, he sets up his snare. He's like, that's what I need you guys for. And Gray's like, wait, I don't understand. For bait, just be sure to lead them directly beneath this tree. Lead who? them yad points off he's up in the tree they're on the ground good friend good buddy here really good buddy and uh he got his friends all drunk and then used them as bait for werewolves we see the two (laughs) wolves approaching simon broom you know it made me think of all the werewolf research and those locations a lot of it talked about actual wolves and here the werewolves kind of look like regular wolves they're just really big Yeah. yeah and they go after simon broom and he just starts, he just gets scared and start running. But Yad's like, perfect, because he leads them under the tree. Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, he goes exactly where he's supposed to go. What happens to Ed Gray? Because he's next to Broom, and then he's not there <laughs> when the werewolves come at him. Yeah, he's just, I think he's a magic he just, man. He might have just been standing there. <laughs> Like right. He just, <laughs> he just witnessed it happen. Yeah. He didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there, there's a funny beat that, the, like I said, the pacing is so good, the action is so good, the the snare works. Um, I think that's where we see that bullwhip or whatever. That's what Yad is pulling. Probably the net was the other thing that he was looking for in the pharmacy. He probably need, needed to make that trank. So he snares the wolves. He shoots them with the tranquilizer. In the aftermath, Simon Broom's like, "What happened?" werewolves i think gray says <laughs> oh well here's where he says not that kind of werewolf so maybe uh that's a different type of maybe like it doesn't stand up like a big wolf you know because it's it uses the belt and not the full moon or i don't know anyway but there's a detail here where yad says he takes the belt off the guy and he turns into a man and then he's like uh wears off at dawn anyway so we get that little detail there that it's going to wear off at dawn anyway. But, you know, taking the belt off now, he can he can take the dude or whatever. He said the family's not too proud that the son runs around the streets cavorting as a wolf, but they still want him back. And they're paying a lot of money for me to get him back safe. And Simon's like, what? This is all this is all for money. Of course, that's the only reason why he's there, right? Right. And Broom is like, what about the other werewolf? And Yad's like, eh, I'm only being paid for the one. I have an idea, though. <laughs> so then we cut to the next day and uh this woman is taking her kids to the zoo and in the werewolf pit or whatever the little werewolf cage there's just a a dude sitting there with his dong out or whatever (laughs) yeah i was thinking it was like a class right because he calls her miss he's like miss what is that oh man you're right (laughs) maybe that was like the uh maybe it's like a field trip or Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's just a little boy asking a random lady. Yeah, it could be his uh his nanny. Oh right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Miss, what is that man doing there? <laughs> the facial expressions are great. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Good lord. It's a funny beat. Yeah. 
I like how like, we, she covers his eyes, and when you see his eyes covered, he's still got that big old smirk on his face. Yeah, he's like, I saw it already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the Monk's Head pub with Simon Broom, Professor Broom, and Hellboy. They say that, I guess, the guy in the cage, he was he was quite a gadabout and wastrel. I didn't look those up. I don't know. I guess those are some old-timey terms for a rascal or something. He was notorious among the flesh pots of London. So I guess they bought these pair of enchanted wolf pelts off a German necromancer and the rebels got a little out of hand. And so Professor Broom's like, wow, you know, that's impressive. I mean, to take a werewolf down on its own is difficult. But if you guys were as drunk as you say you were, Simon Broom is like, yes, Sir Edward. And his friend could put them away. But they were pikers compared with Sarah Jewell. Now there was a woman who could hold her drink. Get us another round, and I'll tell you about the time that she got into a drinking competition with a tame grizzly bear that ended in a forest fire. Well, the drinking competition started with the lumberjack who tamed the bear, but once Sarah drank him under the table, the bear stepped in. <laughs> what is this story? <laughs> I, want, I need to see that story. <laughs> Has there been an allusion to this? I want to say that there's been another comment about Sarah Joel drinking a bear under the table or something like that. Has that come up before in another comic or no? I do not. I don't I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. Mark, let us know. <laughs> I know. Let us know in the listener feedback cuz I know that they've mentioned that she's a drinker. They've mentioned that definitely in other um stories, but I want to say that there's one where they've mentioned a bear before. But I don't know. Anyway, but that's a so I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we had a little comment here. Um, that I thought would be appropriate to put here in the notes from Thaddeus Papke. Thaddeus Papke. Book club member. Yes. He said, now I want a series with Edward Gray, Sarah Jewell, and Yad Tovich all teaming up. There you go. Yeah, that's what yeah. we've been yes. talking about this entire time. Yeah, I want time. that. Yeah. Oh, now man. we want Definitely. that. <laughs> each issue, it could be kind of like this, with each issue having another little mission of theirs or something like that. You know, that would be a that lot would of be fun. Great. That would be fun. Let's get the bear story in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I want the bear story. But yeah, Ross Radke's favorite painting again in the background there with the oh shit you're right death riding an elephant god i didn't even catch that yeah great job wes i love that yeah on this last page very good all right and so going on to chapter five and we've got a great cover again mashing up mignola and mitten and here hellboy's just passed out now out gold he's he's out yeah (laughs) i love this creature too in the background really awesome work um, we're back at the Monk's Head pub. Broom attempts to end his visit with Uncle Simon, saying that he wants to take another look at the site where Harry reported the apparition, that they're, that's the real reason why they're there. Uncle Simon, he's like, oh, I'm free for the evening, and I think I'll just tag along. Feels like old times. Because <laughs> that's what he did in the last story. In the last that story, is, he, he wasn't say, invited. Yeah. Yeah. He no, he wasn't invited. <laughs> Over at the Old Bailey... Broom, Hellboy, and Uncle Simon examine Dead Man's Walk, the route that prisoners took to be executed. Broom thinks it's strange for this to happen now when there haven't been any executions since the 1860s. He feels like they're missing something. And Hellboy reminds him that the crew saw something, you know, not necessarily a ghost, you know, like Broom says, but something. You know, this reminds me of another case from the old days, Simon Broom says. (laughs) Was there a drinking contest in this one too, Hellboy asks, and Broom's like, Another bloody yarn. I love that expression right there. It's really good. (laughs) Simon says they had a case where they were in the underground tunnels and just like they're doing now. And it took every member of the Silver Lantern Club to solve it. 
Simon says they were in the latter days of the Silver Lantern Club, and all the members were having trouble with their respective cases. So we flash back to the Christopher Mitten art with Michelle Madsen at the Monk's Head Pub. So we've got all the Silver Lantern Club here. They're all talking about their cases. So we have Honora Grant and Simon Broom. They're seeking out an apparition. They managed to get a good look at the thing, but that was it. So we see them like going down an alleyway. Um, I like um, Simon Broom has like some cool like steampunk technology thing, you know, Victorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like straight out of Ghostbusters. Yeah, he's got yeah. like the the Victorian the PKG leader. There you go. That's what it is. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they see these electric-looking apparitions. No ectoplasm. No temperature change. No auditory component. They're flickering before us and then gone without a trace. They say. Um, so we see Sarah Jewel and Lady By. They talk about their mission. They're tracking this deadly creature. We see a glimpse of it on the rooftop. Um, I like that ominous little thing. Like it's from their point of view. So, you know, I, I just like um, that. That's what it would look like. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of like that point of view shot. It's very creepy there. They saved a woman that the creature was dragging down into the sewers, but nothing else. I love how as Lady buys finishing this, Sarah Jules like chugging her beer in the background or whatever. That's a little great <laughs> detail there. Cigar yes. in one hand, chugging a pint in the other one. Ed Gray and Major Singh talk about their mission they uh they're tracking a french engineer jules berger and a belgian occultist martin Pawals. they're tracking them they've been alerted to them by the foundry uh, there's another thing that we talked about do you remember the foundry wasn't it like a it was an english group that i think major singh was a part of oh and i think yeah. it came up like in the rise of the black flame or something like that i didn't really go too deep on that one but i do remember the foundry they were like another kind of paranormal secret agency for england or something like that or anyway so they were alluded to these guys by the foundry and these guys are both killers um looking for foundry blueprints gray ones track paul wells to bruges to stop him from sacrificing a baby and we actually see the panel of this dude he's about to, he's about to stab a baby there what well, the heck? A big ass <laughs> knife <laughs> a knife is bigger than that baby <laughs> For real. And we see like Ed Gray Burson with the with the police and stuff like that. Um, I thought that was pretty messed up. <laughs> Super messed up. Yeah. Gray says that Powell recently escaped jail. Uh, they tracked them from the docks to St. Martin Street at Leicester Square. Okay. So we start to get into like some of the geography of this place, right? So they mentioned this location and Sarah Jewel remarks that that's not more than a dozen steps from where they've been looking for their creature. Lady By mentions that the majority of their sites took place on Coventry Street. And then Honora Grant says the specter that they were chasing appeared in that area too. Might all of our cases be connected, Simon Broom suggests? So they all team up here, right? We cut to the group. They're heading to the spot where Jewel and Lady By save that lady from getting drugged into the sewers. And they go down to investigate. And they see an area where something may have broken through the sewer to the other side. As they track down there... They head into the secret area, and Ed Gray's like, it, it can't. It's, it's, we see the painting there. I knew I it. I knew it. It's the Heliophic Brotherhood of Ra. He's so triumphant so in that he moment. so excited. <laughs> That's have all. we ever, That's have we ever seen him that happy, right? Ever in the Never. comic. I don't know. <laughs> it's so funny. It sort of makes a joke. I don't know. It makes a joke of the whole, you know, it's been a joke. It's been a It really, really is. Joke. I don't know. It really is like such a drives at home. It's so funny. Yeah. 
you know, we've um, we kind of had to split up these issues, and so you know, you're kind of getting it separated. But all throughout the series, he thinks that everything in one of these stories is the Heliopic Brotherhood, right? He brings them up at every single point, except for the werewolf story. I think well, he, every he, single one, yeah. I know he brought it up in like the first issue, and then they're like, "You always say it's the Heliopic Brotherhood of Rock, right?" <laughs> Right. But I love the artwork. Um, I love the the location. And as I was like looking at it, I was like, oh, there's something familiar about this. And so I think this is the same. And then that poster, you know, I think we've seen James Heron do the same poster and probably somebody yeah. else, too. Yeah, we've definitely seen that poster before. I, I think that's where is that where Howard's find this finds the sword and they all get shot and all that stuff. Is this the same no. place? No, Howard finds the sword in Chicago. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. The sword in Chicago. But I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a lot of familiar stuff. Yeah. I want to say these big, like, steampunky machines, and then obviously the poster, Almost right? So maybe... of, yeah, the poster for sure we've seen before. The steampunky well, machines down in the basement kind of reminds me of Hollow Earth, but it's not. Right. Well, do you remember how they had, um, he talks about how, like, they had their main temple, and then it got closed down, and this is beneath that temple, right? Yeah. Um, I, maybe I should have done a little bit more research into this, but that's what a book club's for. That's what the book club's for. Yeah. And the, the location just seems familiar and it could just be that, you know, the Heliopic brotherhood, they have the same furniture and all of their little locations or whatever. I thought the same thing though. It felt very familiar. Yeah. I feel like we've seen this. Oh, location okay. Well, hold before. on right here on the next page. It says they dragged me here back in 82 when I first stumbled upon one of their innumerable attempts to unleash dark forces in their mad quest for power. Oh, okay. So this is a reference to In the Service of Angels. Um, okay. So it must be from that story then, maybe where uh, where we saw this location. That was back on episode 22 of the podcast. There you go, Aubrey. Thank you. So that was like five years ago. Yeah, it really was. But I, I, I like this moment where Sarah Jules even like, I'll be damned. You tried to pin damn near every mystery on, and dirty deed on the HBR for years and finally managed to get one to stick. The group talk and attempt to find a connection to the cases... Simon suggests that Berger and Paul Wells are members of the Heliopic Brotherhood. And just then they hear some like electricity type sounds from upstairs. So I love this line where Sergio's like, well, let's go see who's home already. The group follow the sound and it leads them to some sort of experiment being conducted by Berger and Paul Wells. And they seem to be having some trouble with their device. They're like arguing about it or something. And so uh, they power it on. And we see this blue orb and blue light filling the room, right? So this kind of reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if you remember, like, when they were doing experiments and they called it the shock tea and they were creating the black flame out of this stuff. You know what I mean? And it was like this blue fire. I think we saw it in Rise of the Black Flame. Um, We've seen it a couple. I think we saw it also in, like, Hellboy and the BPRD Ghost Moon or something like that. Or, I don't know, I could be wrong about that, but... I think all those stories revolve around them experimenting with shock tea. And so I wonder if that's kind of what's happening here or something like that. It's kind of like a gateway to hell. So I think like that would line up. I don't know. Kind of similar to when they, when uh, Rasputin pulled Hellboy. Yes. That's another one too, right? Yes. It's kind of like the same. I was thinking of the uniforms of the guys, especially, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It kind of reminds me of that too. Good catch there, Wes. It seems they're having difficulty maintaining containment and discharges bleeding through while the others watch. Um, I love this. Ed Gray just runs in there. You know what I mean? He's like, you guys got to stop this shit. You know what I mean? Like everybody else is still hanging back, but Ed Gray just runs in there. He pleads with Berger to stop the experiment. He tells them, that's a summoning circle. You've opened a doorway to hell and left it open. 
And while they're arguing, the other guy, Paul Wells, he actually agrees with Ed Grain. He says they should close the rift before it comes back. I like how like Berger says, how dare you barge in here interrupting our great work? And it's not a doorway, it's a rift. <laughs> yeah, rift. A fracture in the What's walls like, of reality. I'm like so curious what those two panels are that are on top of each other with the two guys, and then there's like like they're repeated. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. Like the, or light. Like what is Yeah, what like is it's like it, it, it it's like they're so you know, I don't know anything about what they're talking about, but they're talking about discharges bleeding through even in our containment suits. And then we see those two guys in one panel and in the next panel, there's like these like shadows of them or like, I don't know, like yeah. it's like creating duplicates of them made them. out of light or made out of shock tea or I don't know what, but that is such a cool thing to speculate about. I'm glad you brought up that detail, Wes, because they, I was also looking yeah. at that and being like, man, I don't know what that is, but it's fucking cool you know yeah i was even thinking like i think they were there was like rumors that the outer verse and the minola verse and all the universes that there was going to be like and this was all just speculation from fans but that there was going to be some sort of you know way that the planes sort of like the crossovers were able to cross over a little bit or something like that wow that's weird that that also made me think of that it was a it's a weird panel yeah it really is um i would love to see what listeners think is happening in that panel right there but either way it's just a cool sci-fi effect you know what i mean like it makes me think of like i don't know like annihilation or something like that have you seen that movie yeah have have, have you seen that movie aubrey i have not seen it yet oh okay there's just like some weird sci-fi imagery that you don't really know what it means. And it's just weird and cool. And it's just like, wow, you know, that kind of blows my mind a little bit. And I don't know. I kind of feel like even if it doesn't mean anything, it's just, it's just a fucking cool effect. I wonder who came up with that. If it's in the artwork or if, or if like Mitten came up with that or I don't know what. So we see this, uh, this big monster burst through and it's the creature that's, that's Sarah Jewel and Lady Hellhound. Yeah. And Sarah Jewel's like, it's a damn hellhound. It appears from that blue orb. So that's what they were saying when before it returns, right? So the electricity that Honora Grant and Simon Broom saw is part of this. And then it, it, it will, there's those duplicates, right? So remember on the rooftop, they saw like two People, kind of electric yeah. specters. Maybe it's those two guys, right? And the, and yeah. that panel was showing you yeah. that their forms were being spread. Ah, I just put it together. Yes. Very cool. Very cool way of conveying that, right? So the specters, that explains them. And then the, the monster here explains um, what Sarah Jewel and Lady Bi were looking for. And then Ed Gray and Major Singh were looking for the two guys. So, yay, they all were right about their cases being connected. So they're all shooting at the monster. I like how it's like taking out some of the technicians as well. You know, we see it throwing some guys in the air. Well, what shall we do about this mess, Singh asks. Put an end to it, Jewel says. And there's a good team shot of them all going into battle. I like how they have like no weapons or special powers or anything. They're just like, we're going to fucking take care of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Singh's got his gun. Well, yeah, he's got it. He a... puts down a guy with his gun. Yeah, but he's that's, no, that's not really special powers. But I guess, yeah, he has a yeah, weapon. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, they just tear down, tear all the wires out. They got torches towards the hellhound. Yeah, Gray's so they all team up the... here. Yeah, Gray is taking out uh, Berger or whatever. I love this panel, mm-hmm. you know, or this page. I mean, the way it combines yeah, page is cool. the whole yeah, team it's really, doing it's their really stuff. Well laid out. Yeah, it's awesome, and everybody like looks cool. Even Major Singh is like shooting somebody's head off or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he really is. 
fucking get these guys. As it was, we barely made it out in one piece before the rift began to close and dragged the whole structure down on itself. Because I was thinking like, okay, well, what happened to the monster? They just left the monster there, but now it probably got crushed by everything, right? Well, I was assuming yeah. it got sucked back into hell. Yeah, I was thinking it got sucked back into hell, too. Oh, okay. That's a good point, too. So awesome. I love that, how it ties all this up. You know, we've been having all these different Silver Lantern Club missions with different members and this and that. But in the end, we get one giant splash page with all of them being cool and all combining on one of their cases. So that's pretty cool. Back to the Ben Stenbeck art with Hellboy and the Brooms. Simon tells Hellboy that that was one of the last missions together before Ed Gray and Sergil went off to do their stuff. For all the good it did him in the end, he says. I like how Hellboy's kind of like holding him, you know what I mean? He's like too drunk to like walk on his own or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Hellboy's not doing so hot either. He does. He, <laughs> yeah. uh, in those facial expressions, right, that Ben Stenbeck has there, they're really great. Um, but Hellboy's like, wait, so the ghost was just some kind of echo after images of those technicians from blocks and blocks away? But how? And so Broom's like, that's it. The break-in Harry told us about the first time the apparition appeared. It was the one piece of the puzzle that didn't fit. So remember, Broom was going to say, remember when it was underneath the... And then we didn't get to hear what he was talking about. Yeah. But he mm. mentioned he mentioned this detail earlier. Um, and Hellboy's like, come again? Because they didn't hear it. They didn't hear that detail because he got cut off. But anyway, Broom figures out that they're looking in the wrong place. So it's the same kind of issue. So, you know, I guess these guys, they were summoning an apparition of a prisoner who had hidden some treasure. They didn't do the summoning circle right, so it was going to the wrong place. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what happened in the story. So, like, you know, in the beginning of issue five, Broom is like, oh, not another bloody yarn. But this right. this yarn actually <laughs> gives him what he needs to to solve the, the current case at hand. You know what I mean? So I kind of like that, too. You know, in the end, drunk old Uncle Simon was actually a benefit to what Broom was actually there to do. So that's kind of nice also. This made me think of a couple things though, because this point of they're summoning something and it and then it appears in a different location. Where else has that happened? Hellboy. Hellboy himself. Hellboy himself, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? Um that that was the same thing, you know? So I think that that's kind of a fun way to wrap it up too. You know, it has so many allusions to other things that have happened in the Hellboy comics. Yeah, there's some missing part in all this literature that everybody's referencing. They can't get the beast to show up in the right place. Right. <laughs> it, never, it rarely shows up in the right place. Sometimes it does, though. Strobel could make it show up in the right place. Yeah. Um, yeah anyway. Fuck that guy, though. <laughs> I know. I was just going to say, <laughs> speaking of the Abe Sapien series, <laughs> fucking, he fucks that guy up at the end. Spoiler alert. Something we talked about a few, uh, couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, if they're listening to this show, Yeah, if they're listening can't. to this, then you already know that. But so Hellboy's like, now what? I know the perfect way to wrap up the evening. I love the little circle he's making with his finger right there. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, yeah, We're back at the Monk's Heads pub. You know, it's been Simon Broom talking the entire time, interrupting every time Broom uh, wants to talk, and Hellboy's kind of been going along with it. But here at the end, Hellboy's like, wait, so how old were you when this happened, Professor? So he now at, at this point, he's like, wait, I want to ask you a question about this now. You know, instead of just kind of egging on Simon Broom the whole time. And Professor Broom's like, oh, I couldn't have been more than 12 at the time. And then uh, Simon Broom has to, like, throw in some little thing. You know when, like, an older relative always has to, oh, hey, remember that time you peed your pants and then 
you cried and everybody laughed at you or whatever on Easter. You know what I mean? There's always some shit like that. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I don't think what he does is that bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you came to stay with me in the summer and you were convinced that the neighbor's pet corgi was possessed. And Broom's like, well, in my defense, you were always telling these stories of the glory days of the Silver Lantern Club. And it had me thinking there were spooks and specters around every corner. Here's to the glory days, Hellboy says. He looks worse for wear in that panel. He's like, sounds yeah. like they were really something. And he raises his glass. And we see this last panel of the picture of the Silver Lantern Club all there. Really I love cool. this last panel. Yeah, that was really nice. Good way to end it. I was just going to say, get a little insight into Professor Broom, Trevor, just being who he is and why he ended up being a researcher and looking looking in the dark places. Oh, right. Yeah. So when, uh, that's interesting. I like that, too, because when he was 12 like right around Hellboy's age or like were the age that a regular kid would be at, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Hellboy, Hellboy grows so quickly, but you know, that's when he was getting interested in all these like spooks and specters. I wonder if he had like a lobster Johnson or some, Oh wait, it was, it was uh, Ed Gray. Ed Gray was his lobster Johnson, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Cause yeah. he would read the, he would read the stories. And oh so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 yeah so are we going to like, um, young broom or whatever they're doing like the young hellboy series and then we'll, we'll get <laughs> young broom and he's everything's paranormal or something like that or i don't know he thinks everything's <laughs> maybe we just get one story about the pet corgi. <laughs> about the corgi that would be hilarious man i forgot to mention where i thought christopher golden was are you looking at this on the digital at the beginning of issue five when we cut to the christopher mitten art and then there's like a guy with a gray with gray hair and gray beard, and he has glasses and a and a cigar, and he's looking right at the camera. I think that's Christopher Golden. Oh yeah, I see who you're talking about. Doesn't he kind of look like that? Oh yeah. Oh, on the left with the beard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, that has to be somebody. That has to be somebody. And it kind of looks like Christopher Golden. If you look at pictures of him, he kind of looks like that. I think he has a beard. So, he does. Anyway. I was just looking pictures at him. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, maybe that's him. That would be fun if Christopher Mitten put him in there. We get the sketchbook section, which I always love. I love seeing these Mignola Hellboys, like the progression of them. You can kind of see all of them uh, as it goes along, which is pretty funny. And then uh, I like seeing the layouts by Christopher Mitten. So he had to lay all of them out with the idea that Hellboy would be there, but he didn't know really what was going to be there. So he just like put a shape there where it just has HB. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. HB. I like looking at the different versions, too, of the covers. We get uh, some of the layouts by Ben Stenbeck, um, and then the the actual covers, right? So how he laid it out roughly, and then what it actually looks like, which I love, like going back and forth and just looking at. That's so cool, you know. The I love the behind the scenes and seeing all the work that goes into creating the the issue. So we get some of the layouts by Christopher Mitten, and then we get his pencils, which I think look nuts. The pencils by Christopher Mitten are just like, ah, oh, they look so cool. Yeah, um, they really do. It would be cool to have some original art by him because, yeah. man, there's like so much detail in there. It looks really awesome. Yeah, the sketchbook section is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then we also get the different ideas for the cover. Um, I like the one that they went to with Hellboy and the candle and all the stuff on the table. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Man, we finally finished that story after... Uh, you know, like, what, three months later or something? Right. <laughs> anyway, that was a lot of fun, man. Um, I'm glad we got to wrap that up. What did you guys think of the story? Oh, man, this is great. I mean, like I told you, um, after we finished the last episode where we talked about this, I, I went home and I read these two issues immediately. And I was just like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. 
And this was one, Wes, where you were like, I want to be on Silver Lantern Club. So uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, you asked me what, why don't you join on the Hellboy Book Club podcast, pick a Hellboy story you'd want to read. And the Silver Lantern Club reminds me of the book club. You know, it's like they're all sitting around telling stories and stuff like that. So I don't know. That was sort of, I was like, oh, I think that's a fun one. And it was so, it's Edward Gray is probably, I, I don't know. He's up there in my top favorite characters of the Mignolaverse. So getting oh, yeah. to see a different side of Edward Gray was fun. Is it fun? Yeah, it was kind of Bubbly. fun. He was like a little bit of the butt of the joke in this, uh, in this story. Yeah. You know, we got to see a comedic side of him. Yeah, um, and we got to see a drunk side of him too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I like how you mentioned it was like the book club. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, we're all sitting around the table. We're like the Silver Lantern Club. We're all we're all over the world, but we're in our respective places with our respective drinks, cheering to each other's yeah. health and all of that. Good stuff. Yes. Um, I love that. Yeah, and the, um, what's the name of the pub? The Monks Monks Head Monks Head Monks Head Pub. Yeah, yeah. virtual Monks Heads Pub right here. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then you've also um, you've also said like any Mark Laszlo stuff you want to be on. So we'll definitely yeah, have Mark Laszlo. Any... I'd love to be on. And I mean, there was a little parallels to Baltimore too, because you had Stenbeck, and then I don't know. It's it's similar to the book we just read too on the book club member comics too. Oh right, it is. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that too. I'm glad you brought that up because the structure of you've got a bunch of stories. Everyone's sitting around telling stories, and then it ends in a story that's taking place in real time that's related to yeah, yeah. that's related to everything that just happened, and that's kind of what happened here too. I love that structure. Um, that's really fun, and it, it is like the Baltimore comic that we were just reading. On, that's over on Book Club members. We just finished the Baltimore novel, and it has a similar structure to this. Um, I like yeah, there's just a lot of gonna... parallels. There's a lot of yeah. parallels. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, man, I, I want to be in this one. I want to be in the Silver Lantern Club. But yeah, yeah, Mark Laszlo's. I like Mark Laszlo's Hellboy. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's another one of your favorites. So we'll definitely have you back for those issues when we get to them. I mean, I would love you to get more stories like this, you know, just more sitting around telling stories, kind of comics. You know, it didn't even have to be five issues. It could just be like a, a one-off kind of thing. It'd be fun to see more stuff like this. We kind of are, right? I feel like we are. I think we are, Aubrey. I think we are. Oh, oh yeah. Stuff like this. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this series. And uh, I'm glad you guys liked it, too. I'm glad we could finally finish it off. Uh, we'll have some more Hellboy Book Club next month. We'll be doing British Paranormal Society. Time out of mind, I think, the, the, on our next episode next month. And in the meantime, we'll be over at Book Club Member Comics. I hope you join us over there. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Finally finishing up the Silver Lantern Club. As you can tell, we really enjoyed this story. We want to hear what you think. Send us a hey, you damn guys at HellboyBookClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Only Beast, for the theme. You're welcome. You know, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Wes, for joining us today. It was so yes. much fun. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Had a fun time, man. And, and thank you everybody for thank you everybody who listens and if you're a new listener thank you for joining the book club uh you can get the book club wherever you find your podcast and when you're there open it up and give us that five star review every little bit helps and you can help another friend find the book club and if you're enjoying what you're listening to tell a friend have them join the book club as well yes do it and if you're enjoying this uh, come over and join us in book club member comics Next week over there, we're going to be reading All-Star Superman issues 
five and six. Yes. So you guys know what to do. Pull out them back issues, trades, omnis, and join us next week over at Book Club Member Comics. But we'll be back next month over here at the Hellboy Book Club Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Wes Matice. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, did I ever tell you about that possessed monkey I shot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beware the ape. Beware the ape.